when I look at the political landscape and the economic landscape of the world, I really have a difficult time accepting that this is what life should be. They had so many concerns about education, technology, agriculture, Barbuda, health, the environment. You, you will be so surprised as to what they are engaged in. If we can do that, we can walk on that path, we will find a lot of solutions, we'll find a lot of adventures, we'll find a lot of answers. We need to foster that entrepreneurial spirit. No judgment, no negativity, all good vibes and conversations. All this and more, right here on Grassroots Radio. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome back to Grassroots Radio. I'm your host, Unique Bird, and this week my guest is Hempress Divine. Hempress is a Rastafarian and also an artist with creations in many different domains. She is a singer as well as a painter, a dancer, etc. With cannabis recently being decriminalized for certain usages in Antigua and Barbuda, we wanted to get the perspective of someone who has been in and around the community um, that has been the most persecuted and impacted by cannabis being illegal. And of course, whenever you're talking to a raster, you get a whole lot of extra conscious cultural insights. And so I hope you enjoy this conversation with Empress Divine. And here she is to tell you who she is. Listen, love, everyone and all. I go by the name of Hempress Divine. I'm 21 of age and I hail from the island of Wadadli, Antigua and Barbuda, most commonly known and most commonly recognized as. (laughs) (laughs) And a little bit about who you are and your interests. Um, Well, primarily who I am is just a light being doing light works in the realm of light and love, the earth. So I am a daughter that really primarily focus on getting back to the ancient way of living, you know, without the distractions and without the, you know, possession and obsessive behavior mm-hmm. of the society around me. So primarily all the things that I am involved with, with is primarily focused on knowing the source, knowing from whence we all came. And, you know, that's so important for this time, especially for us as a people, as a nation, in these times of war and chaos and just destruction, you know, to get back to that ancient way of us living so that when the system that is put in place for us to be captive in that kind of mindset, you know, when it all falls and when it all goes down, that we know what to do at the end of the day to continue on living just as the earth will continue on and the universe will continue on. So in everything that I do, you know, I just seek to that truth and... You know, I am a person who has a lot of creations. I won't ever confine myself to any one thing because, you know, I am I'm this whole reality. Mm-hmm. So I, I am 
I am Empress Divine, the artist, Empress Divine, the dancer, Empress Divine, the painter, Empress Divine, the herbalist, Empress Divine. You know, I'm all in one. I do a lot of things. And it's because in the original way of us doing that, that's what we were, you know, accustomed to. That was our natural way of living, to being able to sustain and be sovereign within our own selves, to depend on our own selves, to do everything. So, you know, I am just a woman. <laughs> I'm just a woman living. <laughs> That's a beautiful introduction. And I really feel it and see it when you say that, you know, you're just a beam of light. You're also a member of the Rastafari community in Antigua. Can you tell me which community, which particular community you're a part of and how and when did you become a part of that community? Okay, give thanks. Um, I don't really identify with any one being one Rastafari house. Mm-hmm. I I would identify myself with Nyabingi, with Bobushanti, with twelve tribes of Israel. You know, I I would identify myself to, with all of that because of you know who I am as a person. You know, this the differences in the houses brings a lot more separation than we we think you know there's a lot of division because of you know just the different beliefs and and you know ways of practicing those beliefs and i don't really like to identify myself with any because that's that's going to say that i'm against one so i'm a part of all really right. and um you know formerly i used to be very much around the Big Creek Nyabingi Theocracy Church School. Mm-hmm. And um, they really, really taught me a lot about Rastafari and about how to transition from how I was eating, you know, and how to shift my consciousness, consciousness in, the, in the direction of, you know, of, of a state of, abundance and abundant you know and life so I must say that you know my time being around them in growing and and seeking Rastafari I was around them for a great amount of that time in my coming forward. So were you a teenager at this point when you started kind of interacting with the Big Creek community? Well, I, yes, I would say that I was about 19, 18, around that, that age, when I finished high school. And I started, you know, going there because I didn't really go to a college after high school, mm-hmm. you know. I just immediately knew that I wanted to create something and be sovereign and create something for my own, on my own. And... um so I wasn't really going to school. I wasn't really, you know, doing much. I just was sifting out the energies, you know, really, mm. really, really seeing what is it that I'm supposed to be investing my energy and my time into so that, you know, at the end of the day, when a decision is made, you know, everything is is clear. And, um, yeah, I would say I started going down there around 18, 19, around those ages. Mm-hmm. Every day, <laughs> from the morning broke to the next morning. <laughs> and the, um, I guess the existing sort of family system that you 
came from. Did they mm-hmm. have a problem with you going and doing that or were they supportive of your seeking? <laughs> well, there were, there were a lot of family members who, you know, were like, what is this? We're not accustomed to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're not accustomed to this. This is now you're raised. And there were, you know, the few that were not judgmental of it, accepting of it and accepting myself. You know, my mother and I had to go. We went at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. We went at it, you know, because, you know, mothers are the most attached to to who they think their, ch- their child needs to become. For sure. So, so mostly me and my mom, we were at it for a little bit. But, you know, sh- shortly after she started to try to understand, you know, the path that I was taking. So I would say mostly my family didn't really... <laughs> didn't really expect that of me then you know and <laughs> I shocked a lot of them shocked my mom shocked my father all everybody you know but uh, all in all I think we're all learning to you know understand each other yeah ideally you know mm-hmm. yeah Within Antigua and Barbuda, we've recently made some changes to our cannabis laws. Primarily, the big one is decriminalization of, I guess, just regular use of the plant. Now people are allowed to possess it in certain quantities. Mm-hmm. What are your general thoughts on the direction that the government's moving in? <laughs> yes, give thanks. Um, I see everything have its place and its time, you know, definitely. Our elders, you know, respect to all the elders, the Rastafari elders who have been martyred and beaten and, you know, executed just for this plant alone, you know, and to honestly see that the government is uplifting, you know, it in a time it it shows you directly what time is it just not just not for you know people living in a society with no conscious living you know mm-hmm. uh, it it really means you know in some aspects we are the chains are now being relinquished or you know eradicated because you know there's a little free up mentally that's what it feels like you know mm-hmm. it feels like a little free up but in reality this plant cannabis is a plant and I don't necessarily agree with no government telling me that I I'm free to utilize a plant you know Mm -hmm. there's so many (laughs) there's so many false projections and perceptions as to what the plant is really about and why Rastafari uses it you know and it's only now that it's being recognized. As I just expressed, so many men and women have been martyred and killed because of this plant, you know. And honestly, that is something that I see to be ridiculous right. <laughs> and foolish for them to now tell me, okay, it's free now. <laughs> just right. like slavery you know they bring us over here and they 
they we build their nations, we build their whole empire, we give them all the wealth, you know, and then they tell us, okay, you're free to go now because they know at, at the end of that, you know, that we won't we we don't even have any mind of our own to make a step foot forward, you know, and that's the state that we're living in that that makes people, you know, use up and exuberate, you know, energy to fight for something, you know, and have passion to fight for something. And that is great when we can have passion to fight for something because as we say, this this free up of the of the cannabis of the plant has made a lot of elders relax, breathe, you know, mm-hmm. to finally feel that your police can't run in the we and and push gun in our face in front of our picnic and all then someday and shoot all down and rag out our locks and carry out we are crazy house, you know. It's a real mental ease, honestly. Okay. And we as a people need that, mm-hmm. you know. So I I'm fully in the in the viewpoint of knowing that everything that is happening right now is in the right timing and for the right reasons, you know, the cannabis it won't ever change that the cannabis is universally legal if they want to call it that, you know, it's universally free, you know, we don't we don't ask the plants to provide oxygen oxygen for us we don't ask the clouds to rain to water our food you know these things happen and these things grow that this is just the construct of life and for them to tell me that i am i'm only able to have this amount of this amount of this amount of that (laughs) you know it's just foolishness it's foolishness you just see the things from a, po- a polarity still, you know, to see the things from equal, a balanced perspective because it have its place. But at the same time, you know, it, the whole, the whole idea behind it is, is foolishness. This <laughs> foolishness. Yeah. And you mentioned kind of the historical relationship that the Rastafarian community has had with law enforcement where mm-hmm. they feel that, you know, because this thing is quote unquote illegal and this community is outside of the mainstream, they have the right to come in and kind of bully people and push them around and exert violence to get them to comply with the laws. Mm-hmm. Because these <laughs> communities are kind of cut off from the mainstream, I think it would be interesting to give people an idea of how often this kind mm-hmm. of stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. And how, uh, and how, often it still is happening. It may not be in, you know, it may not be in the such of a blatant way like how it was happening before because before time you would read a newspaper, Rastaman shot and killed on sight, you know. They're not going going into them levels now. (laughs) But, you know, man is still getting persecuted for this plant. Man Man is still getting called crazy and insane just for this plant. And they're not stopping this. People are not stopping this, you know. And it's just, sister, it's something that we really need to address. Not just the the cannabis, but the law and judicial system in general, Mm -hmm. you know, and the laws that they they put over us to govern I. And it's only because we don't know, you know, if if we were sovereign beings, you know, we would know 
to free our mind from that, free our mind from thinking that these people actually have a hold upon us. You know, we are still, we, look, at, look at us in Antigua. Antigua have a history of being Britain's most, you know, valued colony because plenty money make out of Antigua. Oh, yes. So much. And, and ah, we are young people still a scrunt and a squiggle and a fight for get like a piece of land for go go on farm. As a Rastafari daughter, right? And me have a scrunt and squiggle for <laughs> mm-hmm. fine land for bill pan and farm pan, you know? And many youths, I have a hard time for fine land. You know, and I get land from waiting list for lamb. You know, and it's a real problem. We, yes, it's a real problem, and it seems that we're in a state of being okay with that. <laughs> yeah. We're being okay with that because I stand up. In, you know, see nobody really talk about the important things that are going right under our nose. You know where that you know. You know, something serious happened. Facebook and make meme and joke and all kind of something over. There is no real, you know, standing up and 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 standing up for who you be as a people. You're in Antigua. We need to see that because in the right the state, in the right into the state of our mind that how we are looking our brothers and our neighbors and a fight. A backbite and I do all of this, you know. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, we all we all go through the same thing. All of we go through the same thing, and the mindset need to change, and the people need to see need to start standing up, you know. Yeah, well, you touched exactly on the reason why the new grassroots was created. It is to hold the space for those conversations to happen outside of like, as you say, the, the memeing of it, the joke making, you know, and I think people deal it, deal with things in different ways. And maybe that's some people's way of just laughing off the situation so that they can continue to like survive in it. Yeah. But those of us who are seeing things from a different perspective and have the ability to to look more long term and to look beyond the mere physical, yeah, you need to start to really gather, yeah, and gather and wake up the others, because mm-hmm. otherwise nothing's gonna happen, nothing's gonna change. Yeah, truthfully, and that's why these reasonments have to happen. You know, these reasonments need to be heard because people, all people, are feel them now. You know, much of people have feel wow, we have feel. But some of them just not don't have the confidence, the confidence within them own self, you know, to to speak out, you know, and in we need to gather and we need to push forward things like this more often, you know, mm-hmm. and not just individually, but you know, as a unit, as a, as a, as a a force to be reckoned with, <laughs> because it's a real mind game you know this yeah the mental slavery yes that we have to fight against you know 
burn out them bad ways within our own self because as we say it's mental slavery you know burn out all them insecurities that will make you look at your your brother your brother and not trust them or look at them and think that you know they envious and, and jealous of you you know mm-hmm. check in with yourself and that is how gathering can happen in a, a more organic way and more Ha, like ha, in harmony and more synergistic way, you know, and progressive way. Because that's all that happens when we get on reason about this. We spark a light, we light each other's fire, mm-hmm. you know, to carry on. And we, we need to gather. That's why, you know, all the separation of even the horses, neighboring horses, even the separation in general of, of how we choose to separate ourselves. In, in this society, you know, it is killing us. <laughs> it's killing us. If you ever notice the society in Antigua, man, they really check for the neighbor, so. Not anymore. Not no more. And when you talk to the older generation who will tell you about how, you know, my grandmother always talks about when they moved off the plantations first mm-hmm. and started gathering in villages, it was everybody looking out for each other because you no longer have this surety or the certainty of where your next meal is coming from. So if you yeah. have a grung and you have this sweet potato, you can make sure that Miss Mary next door have some, <laughs> Steffi yes. down the road have some. Mm-hmm. And then when they have whatever little they have, they're sharing it with you too. And you always look out. Like she even talked about mm-hmm. you know, looking out your kitchen window and calling to your neighbor to ask if she have dinner. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Them kind of things just don't really happen anymore. I will stop next to each other and, you know, we don't even know. <laughs> You know, it's a serious thing. Yeah. And why, why is that happening? Why like, is that? Why did that community aspect of our being disappear? It's, it's really cause and effect, you know. Because when, when we now became free people and, you know, it wasn't a vibes way. You know, everybody gets the same needs. Everybody gets, you know, a lick of this and a lick of that and that almasa giawi. It, yet, it wasn't that. It wasn't a case like that no more. It's a case where man start to build and try to build up them own self, you know, which internally we all should do that, but never lose touch of that community, you know, never lose touch of that commune with each other because that is so important. The Almighty didn't make a seed and didn't know that a root would that a root would start to spring from it mm-hmm. and that a whole tree would start to spring from that and then fruit and all that. You know? Everything happened with purpose. Um, yeah, there was something you said earlier up that I wanted to touch on too because mm-hmm. You said, you know, when you first started going around the Rastafari community and learning, mm-hmm. one of the, the big mindset changes for you was around abundance. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason why people, why the separation happens is this idea that everything is scarce. Mm-hmm. There's only so much of it. Mm-hmm. And so I need to get what I can get now, because if I don't, then somebody else is going to have it and I'm going to get nothing exactly which is false Mm -hmm. for all the reasons that you're describing yeah we are abundant you know 
in in our in our real self we are abundant beings we have the be the, the abilities to the abilities to create life to create things with our hands you know to to do everything you know think about doing something we have so much abilities and so much things we make manifest on a day to day basis you know how can we not be abundant and <laughs> mm-hmm. we not be abundant how can we not see that and you know it it is is all the things what is going on with the legalizing the, the mind trip that they taking people on rastafari on you know it's all a part of the ultimate goal and the ultimate plan because babylon have been selling him in stores in grocery stores in pharmacies for years while they have been incarcerating and killing our men and women babylon sells him and they they just they try to say that him and cannabis is not the same plant mm-hmm. and it is the same plant is the same plant so this is why you know they're so they so easily have the strings pulling the puppets wherever they're going because they've already plotted out this thing you know they've already plotted out this thing because they have synthetic herb on the market people are buying synthetic herb without certain chemicals and and um components of the plant to avoid so and so and so and so and so and so and telling you it's more better than it in its original form and you know getting the people to ingest this and it's it has been proven that thing is very unhealthy oh yeah you could tell you could tell the almighty that he planned no good in namas they that you have to take out something now the from to be finally perfect now for a man ingest that is not healthy that throws off the balance of our whole structure just like the genetically modified food seeds processed food it it literally throws off the balance of ni right and again a lot of these things are produced from that scarcity and greed based mindset mm-hmm. so exactly. one of yeah one of the other aspects of the decriminalization recently that people have been starting to point towards is the fact that there's so little like education around cannabis mm-hmm. especially for younger children who now have this idea okay well it's legal i can do it but they haven't been educated in what are maybe the risk factors what is a way that i can actually use this to benefit myself rather than just as a drug of recreation or abuse uh what are your thoughts on that particular aspect i totally agree there's not enough education about it because it has been hidden from us for so long you know and i think that is something that even rastafari and you know rastafari community need to work on educating the people you know educating the youth educating the people about why is it that we're we're fighting for this plant 
why is it that they're standing up for this plant then? You know, because mm-hmm. it can do many things. It's very multi-talented and multi-versatile, trust me. You know, hemp can make clothes, hemp can make rope, hemp can make tea, hemp can make salad, hemp can make oil. <laughs> hemp can do hemp make concrete. You know, it's a very sustainable plant. Hemp can cure um, leukemia and all them diseases. Hemp is literally the components of cannabis is almost identical to the components, um, componential makeup of I and I, you know, humans. That's why we, we already have cannabinoid receptors in our womb as women. You know, so when we even ingest the herb, it does something to us internally. Our body genuinely receives all this thing, all this information, all this life, all this energy, all this electricity. You know, it's a multi-versatile plant. And that is the things that we need to start educating people and about because if they don't know, they will start to be going out recklessly in the mind. Mm-hmm. indulging in you know in this sacred plant and truthfully all herbs are sacred sister because cannabis is not the only plant that has that sit that you know effect you know sure. that they're looking for the high effect you know what they recreationally use it for but we know hemp is more, more versatile than most of these plants you know but the high effect with them and look for. There's so many different plants that our ancestors and so used, you know, not just for for high reasons, but the same purposes that I I, I mentioned for the, the plant, the, the cannabis, you know, and different unique stuff. So all plants are sacred. All plants are sacred and all plants have the ability to do that. That's that's what a mindset with just distracting you to fight for over one plant. <laughs> you know, when there's a lot of plants out there that is going through the same thing. Right. And especially now that they're looking at developing different industries based on hemp slash cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah. But you know, they have they have some boy, some man out there. Uh, had them, them labs with them grow cannabis and learn the plant as you know. You can actually go to school for that now. Yeah. Go to school for that and so now. So education will come out now. You know, this, this is at the time where, you know, information is going to be more readily towards us. So I know I'm not really afraid of information and the youth and they're not being able to get more education on it because it's a time of now. You know, it's a time of now. There's a reason why the youth especially are now getting this free up because you know the elders and them feeling and they're grateful for this free up also. But primarily the youth is going to be fully affected by this shifting consciousness, you know, and I'm not afraid that they're going to not have education and they're not going to have you know um information at their fingertips about it because they're more born ready than a lot 
they're ready in the time where, you know, as I just said, you know, technology information is right at our fingertips. It just takes for the elders and for the people who know to just talk and, and teach. For sure. You know, sometimes they are afraid of that. You know, you just mentioned a lot of things that the hemp plant can do from making fabric to making oils to making even down to concrete. What role do you see or does the Rastafarian community, like what role would you guys ideally be playing in this process of developing these different industries? Okay, live dance. Um, truthfully, it just takes for us to continue to continue doing what we've already been doing all these years, you know, to mm-hmm. teaching and telling them about how beneficial it is to us as a people for this to actually be accepted in our reality. You know, that's what we need to do. That's the position we need to assume because there's, there has been no other people saying that cannabis can do all of this. There has been nobody else saying that. Yeah. There's, been, there's been other people putting out things to, to literally belittle or to disqualify the plant. You know, plant, there's, there's been movies about the plant being this substance that will make you go crazy and kill yourself. We mean reefer madness. Reefer madness, yes. And had our parents and them feel like, oh, lad, you gang up on her, she gang up on her, she gonna go crazy. That's the, that's the mindset. So we know that, you know, it's only one set of, it's just one set of people that need to assume that position same way and that's what's the far right need to stand up and assume that position the way for no government, no gas and none of them to tell them at this what role they have to play. Cause they don't know. Nobody else knows most about it than you know them, honestly. What other changes would you like to see as far as you know cannabis use, cannabis education? In Antigua and Barbuda in particular, what else would you like to see happen on that front? Apart from the more education, I think, I think, I don't, I don't see really nothing after that right now. I think education is primarily the focus on what we need to look about that situation right now. Because, you know, if we don't establish the foundation, we can't finish building the house or maybe we can build the house but then it go wobbly so then you know <laughs> you need to have proper meditation <laughs> about True. what is it that is even happening you know what it is about so education right now is the first step True. awesome and so just in parting for anybody who might be listening to this and getting interested in you, your message, and would want to follow you online, where would be the best place for them to find you? Okay, well, you can find me on Instagram at Hempress Divine, H-E-M-P-R-E-S-S-D-I-V-I-N-E, Hempress Divine on Instagram, Hempress Divine on Facebook, you can find me as Empress Divine on YouTube also. I have a YouTube channel. So that's where you can find me. And you can also find me on the road in Wadali, if you know me. Just 
you know, stuff like that to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. And thank you for you your time today. Yes. Really appreciate it. Yes, I thank you also because, you know, as I said, these reasonings need to happen. And I'm glad that we had this reasoning. Thank you for listening to this episode of Grassroots Radio. If you enjoyed the conversation, show some love and help spread the word. You can do that by subscribing on Apple, Google, YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Already subscribed? Consider leaving a five-star review. It helps other people find the show. If you have an idea for someone you want to see featured or a topic you want us to cover, let us know. DM us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at grassrootsANU or email us at thenewgrassroots at gmail.com. For more about NGR, visit us at thenewgrassroots.com. Until next time, this is... Grassroots Radio.